0: After 412 days of being closed, Disneyland is open again, and it's awesome, beyond awesome. We went on opening day, and it was the best time we've ever had at Disneyland. Capacity is so low, and the Disney staff really nailed the reopening. I'm sharing everything I learned from our trip, plus info and tips from talking to people that work at Disney. I'm sharing what to bring, what to plan for ahead of time how to use the Disneyland app to really make your day go smoothly, what it's like with masks, and why I think this is a a once-in-a-lifetime Disney experience and you should go as soon as you can. We are talking about how to be awesome at doing Disneyland post-COVID Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. Today we are talking everything Disneyland and Disneyland post-COVID. I love anything post-COVID talk, especially Disneyland, because it's just such a fun adventure for the whole family. We went on opening day and had the best time. I wasn't sure what to expect. I did all the research and read as much as I could, but since it was literally the very first day they were doing it, there wasn't a lot out there. So I'm sharing everything that we learned, things that I did right, things that I would do differently now that I know better, and how you can plan your most awesome trip to Disney. So right now, as I'm recording this, Disneyland and California Adventure are only open to Southern California residents. And I think as of right now, we don't know when it's going to open up to other people, but it sounds like it's going to happen sooner rather than later, sometime this summer. So whether you're going really soon or you're going in a couple months, and I think that some of this information, I'm gonna keep this very, very, very specific so you can really plan. And some of it's gonna change, but I think all the advice I'm gonna give here is really going to stay evergreen, at least through the end of the year, while there are you know, mass protocols in place and food ordering and the apps, while all these things are quite a bit different at Disneyland, what to expect and how you can kind of go into it so you can really have a smooth day, and you don't have, you know, you don't have little fails along the way. Some of some of which I did. We still had a fantastic time, but now that I know, I will do. I will do a couple things differently. So I'm sharing all of that. First, when you are booking your reservations online, it's a little bit tricky. So first, you want to go to the calendar where it shows what days are available. If you're going to do a park hopper, you click on park hopper, and it'll show you which days you could start. So if you do both, both parks, you can pick, or sometimes you can't pick. Sometimes there's only one available where you start at Disneyland or California Adventure, then whichever one you don't start at after 1 PM, you can go to the other park. Now, let me just say there, I love doing the park hopper because there are certain things that we love doing at both parks, but because the capacity is so low and you could go on all the rides it's hard. You can't get to everything in one day. We were there for 9 hours and there were still like, you know, 10 rides I would have loved to go on. There just wasn't time. Um, but I am going to share some ways that you can save time throughout the day that now that now that we know a little bit better things that you can do if you really want to try to do it all. So, Pick one park or the other. It is a little bit less expensive if you don't do the park hopper. But for me, if you're going to go and get there and park and do all the things, I'd rather pay a little bit more and have the option to go to both parks. But know that there's so much to do that you can't, You, I, I, it's going to be very difficult to hit all the things, but in the best way, because all the rides, all the lines are so short. So when we went on opening day, they said that capacity was around 15% and they were going to ramp up pretty quickly to 25%, which I think is still going to be so low that you can do all all the things. So when you sign up online, before you buy your ticket, click on the day that you want to go, make sure that it's available because it's different pricing for different days. Weekends are going to be a little bit more or holidays, things like that. So look on there, click your day, make sure it's available, and then you have to make a park reservation. So you buy your tickets first, then immediately go over, make a park reservation, pick your day. If you do the park offer, pick which park you want to go in. You have to enter the people's names for the tickets. So when you actually go and scan the tickets, when you're going into the first park, they ask who is who and they take the picture. Now, originally, I had bought tickets for me and um, one of my best friends, Jenny, and her kids, and it worked out that she had a trip that she forgot about, so she wasn't able to go. So now I had Jenny on a ticket and her two kids, Harper and Jack, on tickets. I called and I emailed, and I I was on hold for three hours one day, then got disconnected to try to change the names on the tickets, and I was super worried about it, and then I was like, you know what? It's just going to work. So when we got up they she said, "Okay, who's Jenny?" and I had my husband raise his hand and she didn't question it. She took his picture and linked his picture to the ticket and linked the rest of us, you know, me and the kid, my kids already had their right names. So I just told the our uh, my each of my big girls brought their brought a friend. So I said, okay, your name is Jack. Your name is Harper. They took their pictures, linked it with them, and we all went in. So that was easy enough. But just know that there's not an easy way to switch the names. So if you kind of have that sort of debacle like I did, kind of no going into it. You just have to do that. And I'm sure they wouldn't care. Like it it wasn't that tricky. But she did say, hey, who is Parker? Raise your hand. So if you do have a kind of a name switcher room, make sure you tell your party ahead of time. So that's not a cluster. So they took the pictures of each person, linked them to the ticket when we went in. I confirmed with her. I said, OK, what time can we go to the other park? She said, one o'clock. You can go to Disneyland. Uh, perfect. And we were in. So the park was open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. on when we went. And I think those are going to kind of be the hours for the next little bit. Now, the cool thing about this is the park hits a capacity, like they, they're only allowing such a low number of people going in. You don't have that stress that, like I normally am at the park the minute it opens, but that's not really comfortable for the whole family to wake up at 6 a.m., especially since we were picking up friends and we were picking up breakfast and the park itself is like a 30-minute drive from us. Then by the time you park and walk, that's probably call it at least 40 minutes By the time you, you know, pull into the structure and pay and park, get your stuff, walk. So there's time in there. So we arrived right at 10 o'clock and it was so great not to panic because listen, the lines are kind of going to be the same all day. You know, some people come early, some people leave a little bit early, not having that stress of like, get in and get to the best rides first was so great. Everyone did not have to wake up at 6am and it was just so much more comfortable not having that rush and that race of panic. So the longest we waited was 20 minutes for every ride, and we did all of the best rides. We started at California Adventure and hit Soarin' Over California first, and that ride is just so cool. The the lines can kind of look long because, of course, they have everyone really spaced out, but they move through pretty quickly. And so if you know, Soarin' Over California has maybe eight or 10 seats in a row. So each group kind of just has one whole row or there's a center divider. So then if, if you have a small group, it'll be one group on one side and the other group on the other side in the same row. And every ride kind of worked like that. It was really comfortably spaced out and really nice and smooth. Even if the lines looked long, nothing was over 20 minutes. And you can kind of be strategic. So we shut down the day at Splash Mountain and we did Splash Mountain four times in a row over and over. Like we just, as quick as we could get in the line and walk up all the stairs, we were back on the ride four times and it was the best way to to shut down the day. It was so, so, so cool. Let's talk about characters. So I was super bummed, especially Parker's three, he'll be four in June and he doesn't really remember seeing the characters, you know, because, disneyland's been closed for over a year so he doesn't really remember so he really wanted to see the characters the cool thing about it is the characters are still there they're just kind of up either on pedestals or standing out in the grass and you can walk by and wave turn around kind of take a selfie with the characters in the background and it's cool like chip and dale were out there like doing head shoulders knees and toes Uh, Snow White was up on a pedestal with a dwarf waving. So it's cool. It's different, but it's just cool. They still had lines where you could, some of the more popular characters you would line up and then kind of have your own moment to wave and then turn around and take a selfie with the characters. So it's like they adjusted and it was cool. And I also was thinking our characters like Snow White gonna have masks because that really takes away the magic of it. I think for me, And they didn't because they were off on their own areas. So that all looked normal, which was very cool. Speaking of masks, now, throughout this entire COVID experience, going to Disneyland is the strictest place I've ever been about masks. They are incredibly strict for ages two and up. I got a lot of questions about masks. People saying, are they strict on masks for little little ones, ages two and three? My son will be four in May. and sisters two, sister is two. Um, how much do they enforce masks for two year olds? Are they crazy about it being on for 24 7? Okay, so listen lots and lots of questions about masks. Uh, I heard there are areas where you can stop and take your masks off. Is that true? Lots of questions. Okay, here's the deal on masks they are so crazy strict. You cannot be walking and take a sip of your water. You cannot be walking, holding popcorn and snacking. If you're going to eat or drink, you have to pull off to the side and sit at a designated area. So if the reason why this is a big time suck is like, you know, if you pick up a thing of popcorn for your kids and you walk to the next ride and enjoy the popcorn or enjoy the churro, none of that happens. So we lost a lot of time. And listen, You just chalk it up to it's part of the day and enjoy the process and not the destination. But if we could have avoided lots of 30-minute stops, we could have hit so many more things. But also, you know, it was so hot and there's so much walking. It's kind of good every couple hours for everyone to just sit and have 30 minutes of downtime. So... But it's crazy. It's cra- Like I'm telling you, if you are walking and you just like lift your mask down to take a sip of water, there is some team member in a really nice way, but some team member is saying, oh, mask on." It is very, very strict, and they will ask you, "How old is your child?" And if they are over two, they have to have the mask on, just as just as strict as anybody else. So, just know that going into it, and this is not the type of place where you can go in and kind of, I don't know, you can't, you, you have to follow the rules. You have to just go into it. Like if you're kind of one of those people that gets um, annoyed with masks, you got to just go into it knowing there's no way around it. Wear whatever mask is the most breathable for you. I had the kids in paper disposable mask, and I felt like that worked really well. So if they kind of got hot and sweaty, I feel like they're lighter and more breathable. We just tossed them and put new ones on. I had a cloth mask, but next time I would just do the paper masks because they're just really light and thin and it gets hot. Um, it was a full uh, 90 degrees and felt like it. Different areas had a nice breeze and some of the rides when you went on were air conditioned and cool. So that was really great. Like we, My husband and I sat on Little Mermaid with Parker. We were in our own little shell and we were just like, ah, this is the best with the AC. But no most likely whenever you go cuz you know 75% of the year in Anaheim is hot so plan for it to be hot and plan for a comfortable mask but no there is no there is no way around the mask rule when we were walking in there was a dad and he had three kids and the littlest one right away one of the te- he the littlest girl did not have a mask on right away the team member was like how old is she and he's like 3 and the team member was like, she has to have a mask on at all times. The dad was like, My daughter does not wear masks. And the team member really nicely was like, Hey, you gotta come to the side. We gotta work this out because you're not getting in without her having a mask on. So just know this is not the place to, this is not the place to have a mask battle. You gotta go with the rules, and that's just part of it. So one tip with this is pack your own waters. So I packed one small, like yeti cooler bag all of mini waters, and I should have packed triple the amount of waters just be, and if you're not bringing a stroller, then that's not comfortable. You don't want to have a huge backpack with a hundred waters, but if you are bringing a stroller, I would put a cooler full of waters that fits at the bottom of the stroller and just have them to pull out just because the lines that where you would get water are like the popcorn lines or the churro lines or the ice cream lines. And everything just kind of takes longer with COVID, right? So You'll want to bring your own, that way you can pull off to the side, everyone have their own water, you enjoy the water, and then you go, rather than having to stop. And if you don't bring it, it's not the end of the world. You can stop and get waters when you get a snack, but you can just save so much money on not buying the pricey water bottles, and they don't mind if you bring your own in. So I brought, for the seven of us, I brought like two mini waters each and if I were to do it again, I would bring double. So I brought like 14 waters. I'd bring 28 mini water bottles. That way everyone just chugs a mini water bottle every time you stop and then you throw it away. Otherwise, and with, at Disneyland, they have like big smart waters, but then it was hard to like keep, it, keep track of whose was whose and they're like falling all over the stroller. So bring the mini ones, pack a ton of them. That way you don't have to spend the money buying them and you don't have to take the time standing in line to get them because you will need water all day. Pack lots of waters and also pack snacks. Again, same thing. So that way, I love my kids getting the ice creams and the churros. But with, you know, even with the lower capacity, there aren't as many stands. So, you know, even if you're kind of like four people back in line, they're still getting in the groove of getting everything. So it just takes longer. Again, not to say the whole day has to be crazy efficient, but. If you just pack some snacks, that way when people are hungry, you can stop to the side, have a five-minute snack, and then keep going instead of having it be a 30-minute stop every time. So I packed my whole lunch just because I'm specific on what I like to eat, my whole cooler bag. And um, then for the kids, I pack snacks. But I think for them, a lot of the fun part is getting the actual snacks at Disneyland. So we did a combination of both. Okay, let's talk about ordering food. So Most of the food places are open. You have to order everything on the app. So keep an eye on the app because sometimes some of the food places, the food says it'll be ready for pickup in 15 minutes and other restaurants said it would be ready in 40 minutes. It's really pretty well done though. So you go on the app, you see what places, what food places are there. You can look on the map to see where it's located. And then you pick based on what you wanna eat Click on the time you want to pick it up, place your order, pay for your order. Then another screen pops up that says, make my food now or wait to make my food. So you can really time it if you want to get your order all in, but then hit a ride. And then right when you get off the ride, hit, okay, cool. Now make my food so it's nice and warm. Or if it's ice cream, so it's nice and fresh, whatever it is. It's really well done in that way. And another thing that I loved is you order your food and then you get a tray and then you can walk anywhere. My kids really wanted mac and cheese and french fries. So we got that at the Galaxy Cafe by Space Mountain. But then I walked the whole tray of food over to the cafe by main street. So we could have kind of like a late lunch looking at the magic castle on main street because that's just like the most magical place to me rather than the galaxy cafe is kind of like at the back where you're just kind of sitting in you know tables and it's not as magical. So that's the cool thing is there's no one seating you. You can just take your food and sit anywhere. Even the restaurants that would normally have seating where they would seat you, you can just go and sit anywhere. A little tricky sometimes to find shade but not that bad. And they have a lot more tables even out around Main Street and benches that are designated eating areas. So that part's really cool. Get your app loaded up um, ahead of time. Make sure you have a login ahead of time. And then once you get into the park, scan your tickets. So that way your tickets are all linked to the app. And let me tell you why. The new ride at Star Wars, at the actual Disneyland Park is insane. It is so good. You can't stand in line. You have to to get into a virtual queue. The queue starts at 7 a.m. and at 12 p.m. I don't know how anyone could even do it at 7 a.m. because you have to be in the park to do it. But it says the virtual queue opens at 7 and 12, but I guess the first people in at 9 a.m. could still get into the queue. So we weren't in the park right at 9, so that queue was done. So right at 12, I set an alarm on my phone at 11.58 so that I was on the app but before you do that you want to have all the tickets scanned because it'll be wait it'll be way too long if you try to do the scan the tickets while you're doing the queue you'll miss it with you got to be on within like 1 minute I bet you anything the rise rise of the resistance ride will be done because you can only do it on the queue they're only selecting so many people so do it right at 12 set, set an alarm add everybody so I did it at 12 like literally by 12 by 12 and 10 seconds I was done doing it. I was like, nailed it. And then it said, you've been placed on a waiting list. We'll let you know. And I was like, ah. So I kept checking it all day, all day. I was like, I cannot believe we're not going to get on this ride. Then at 531, we got a a text saying, you've been led onto a boarding group and you have to arrive by by 631, one hour to get there. I was like, let's go. We were on the astronaut ride right by Main Street. We dashed over there You got literally walk right on, and it was the coolest experience. Multiple rooms. The staff was all in character, like kind of rude to you, like, move along. Come on. That went with the theme of the ride. Super, super cool. You walk through a couple rooms, kind of like Haunted Mansion style. Then you got in a little spacecraft. There was a little drop in it. Um, just super cool. I don't want to tell you too much about it because I want you to experience it. I posted a little clip on it just to give you an idea of what it is on Instagram. You can go check that out on one of my posts. But make sure you use that app really strategically to get in that queue because that new ride is just really cool and really different. Um, But like I said, set an alarm on your phone because if you're late to do it, you'll miss it for the day do that right at noon. And most likely like we did, you'll get on that ride. And it is just so cool. So, so, so cool. That's the only ride that has the virtual queue. Everything else, um, there's no fast passes, no max passes, everything else you just get in line for. Now, it's helpful if you want to kind of plan out your day to know the height of your little ones. Parker just hit 40 inches. Like the benefit of COVID, we had all this time to eat our fruits and vegetables. He was like 40, not 42. There were a couple rides that he couldn't go on at 42, but most rides you have to be 40. California Adventure, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, 40 inches is that sweet spot to where you're a big kid now at Disneyland. So Kind of plan ahead and also especially if you have kids who aren't quite that tall, it's really nice to know ahead of time so you don't have that disappointment of having them go up to the line and be like, oh, they can't go and also plan your trip to where if you're a parent going with kids by yourself and some of the kids are big enough and some of the kids aren't, you might want to bring someone, a friend, a family member, babysitter, whatever with you so they can go on things with the little kids while you go with the big kids or kind of separate. Just think about that. Sometimes when I've taken all three kids by myself, I've just told my girls, hey, we're only going on rides that everybody can go on this trip. But That's kind of a bummer now that they're bigger, they wanna go on the fast rides. So we're a little bit beyond that point, thank goodness. Now that Parker is 40 inches and he can go on the big kid rides, that makes it really, really nice. So that we can all kind of go on the same things. But if you're not quite at that 40 inches, I'm telling you, measure your kids ahead of time so you know if you're gonna you so you know what to expect and what rides you can go on. Google the height of the ride so you can kind of have a little bit of a game plan going into it. Also it's fun with your kids to talk about it. Like what do you want to do the most? What's the most exciting? That way you can kind of have a game plan and when you run into the park, you're just like, you know, you're like, okay, I know that this is everybody's must ride. This is their top ride so that you make sure that you hit that first up. I got a couple questions if it was too much to do both parks in one day. Like I said, it is so magical going to both because there are some things that I just feel like, oh, you have to hit at both parks. But I'm telling you, it was so, the lines were so short. You could do one full day at one park, then do another full day at the other park. I think that if I didn't live close by, which I guess everyone who's allowed to go right now has to live close by, but as it opens up more, that's probably how I would do it. We got there at 10 and we spent until three o'clock at California Adventure and we had to stop ourselves. We did the Incredicoaster four times in a row to end our California Adventure. And then we jammed over to Disneyland. And I'm telling you, we could have spent the entire day at both parks my husband does not love Disneyland. I convinced him to go once a year. I bribed him to go this time. And he was like, I'd go again because the capacity is so low. This feels like once in a lifetime Disney experience. And he just had so much fun without the lines. It's incredible. You're just laughing the whole time in the lines that we did do. It, you're like walking so much. You just don't feel like you're waiting. Even if it was a 20 minute wait. you're walking through it and you're laughing. And I pulled up Um, Snapchat, because I love the little Disney filters. I don't even have Snapchat. I just like the Disney filters. And the kids were like taking selfies of themselves with the funny Disney filters. So we just made it fun. And that's another thing. When you're waiting in line, rather than scrolling Instagram on your phone or whatever, I don't know, enjoy the process, not just the destination. That's one thing I used to always like, okay, I'm gonna get some work emails done while we're here. And I'm like, why? Like I have one Disneyland day and, you know, haven't had a Disneyland day in a long time. I don't need to multitask right now. So uh if there were lines, they were really quick. So plan to stay all day. So, like I said, I told my husband, I'm like, listen, this will be like four or five hours. We'll come back to we'll come back local. We how we'll have a relaxing dinner, maybe a glass of wine. It'll be a great day. We stayed nine hours. We stayed until they kicked us out. We did Splash Mountain four times in a row, right at seven o'clock. And listen, the staff was so great. That's one of the things I love about Disney. Anyone that works at Disney, loves Disneyland. And also anyone that was there on opening day, the people going, love Disneyland too. Like we're all diehard Disney people. So the culture and the atmosphere, everyone was so happy and courteous and kind. And when we were doing Splash Mountain at the end, like they let us on right at seven o'clock for the last trip. And I was like, you guys are amazing. Like think like, you know, I'm sure they're tired and want to go home. I was like, thank you so much for letting us get a couple more rides in. This is like the best way ever to end the day. So I just love being somewhere where everybody's happy and everyone's happy to be there and no one's passive aggressive and rude and it's just so cool. Really, really cool. Got a question. Are the carts serving snacks or do you have to order those on the app like popcorn and churros? Great question. Those you do not order on the apps. Those you walk up and order like normal, the churros, the popcorn, the ice creams, you just walk up and do those. Now, keep in mind, the rides end at seven, but then the carts are open like 30 minutes later, but the lines are super long. That's one thing that I would have done a little bit differently is I would have stopped doing rides like 30 minutes before. So that way we could hit the carts because some carts like the ice cream carts close right at seven when the rides do. And then the other ones like the popcorn and the churros end a little bit later, but everyone did the same thing. Everyone did the rides until they shut down and then go for the snack lines. And it's like a super, super long wait. And I didn't know that there's kind of a tradition of people getting churros at the very end. So we kind of waited in the popcorn line, then got out. We got in the churro line, then got out. I wanted one magic castle photo at the very end, which is kind of like our family tradition. The other thing is, if you want to do like one last hurrah, Walk out to downtown Disney and go to is it Salt and Straw? I think that's what it's called. It's like the epic um, ice cream place. I'm going to figure out exactly what it's called here. I don't want to tell you wrong. Um, it's at downtown Disney, it is the coolest. They have like cereal and ice cream. Um, what is it called? Downtown Disney. And it has the best reviews ever. And if you do want to go out, Salt and Straw. Salt and Straw is what it's called. It is, if you walk right outside of Disneyland, it's maybe like a 10-minute at the most walk right outside. There's also a really cool shake place with these awesome, epic Oreo cookie shakes. If you want to have like one last treat dessert moment on your way out of Disneyland. I kind of failed on that a little bit. We really wanted to go to Salt and Straw. Then my kids were like, Shake's! But I knew I wanted to try salt and salt and straw, but we were all so tired that we did the shakes and we had already had the shakes before. So I wanted it to be like an epic ending dessert moment, but it wasn't. So go to salt and straw at the end or get the cool churro and watch the sunset at the magic castle. That's really sweet. Um, the stores like the candy stores and stuff you could get into, they did have long lines at the end of the day because everything else was closed to get into the stores to shop for toys and to get into the candy store and the ice cream store. There were some long lines for those. So do those a little bit earlier if you want to avoid the lines because everyone goes at the end of the day. You can rent strollers. Um... But check before you go, because I think that's always kind of changing. I know they had a lot of wheelchairs you can rent, but make sure. I bring our own stroller because I want it mainly for the tram walk. So you park, and then you go through security where the trams would normally be, but then you walk. I love parking at Mickey and Friends. I think it's just the easiest in and out, but it is a healthy walk. So if your kids are kind of like a little bit out, like Parker's out of the stroller phase. He's almost four. But the stroller saved us, just mainly the walk there and the walk back. We walked 10 miles on this day because there's just so much walking to do and the tram, uh, the walk there isn't that bad because everyone's excited, but it's like a healthy 20-minute walk back to the car. So make sure you bring a stroller. Even if you might, your kids are like barely out of the stroller. If nothing else, just for the walk back and to put your stuff in it because you'll want some waters and things like that. You might want to bring a little fan attachment to attach onto your stroller because it really does get hot. I brought the little misters that we had. I have a Disneyland drawer in my garage with our Mickey ears and our, our Disney hats, our ponchos and our misters, where you put the water in and you put batteries in it and it misses you, that really helps helped us kind of keep cool. Because I am telling you, it was hot. It was really, really, really hot. Another question: Is it worth going for a two and a half year old? Yes, hundred percent, because there are so there the lines are so short. Even though you can't go on the bigger rides, I'm telling you, it is magical. You can walk on all the things, go on Dumbo, go on it many times, go on the teacups. You can see the characters, 1,000%, no matter how old your kids are, it is 1,000% worth it. Another person said, what time did you get there? I saw people were getting there at 5 a.m. I think the people are just really excited. I'm telling you, it was great for us getting there at 10 because there were no lines getting in. I saw some crazy lines too for that 9 a.m. People who wanted to be the first ones in. For me, I knew we had seven of us. We have a big group. We got in and it was just relaxed. We got in at 10. And like I said, normally I'm that girl that's there at the very first, the second those gates are open, we're mobbing in. And if I'm going to be honest with just me and my kids, I might still do that, but there's no need. Like it's already a full day. Don't exhaust yourself and everybody else. Don't worry about getting there at five. Just go when it's comfortable. How was Splash Mountain? My little guy is four and tall enough, but I don't want him sitting solo. Great question. I was nervous about this. They're very good about it. So you space out the weight in your log. So when we went the first two times, Parker sent at the very back row. The very back row is like a two-seater. So my husband sat in one seat and Parker sat in the other, and my husband just kind of had his arm around him. Then my girls wanted to space out and have their own logs which by the way, the team was so cool. If you wanted to ride in your own whole car for different things, they would let you because it's all spaced out anyways. Very, very cool. Um, Then he had his own little seat in front of us and I just put my whole arm around him and it was fine. I kept telling my husband, I feel like he's too little for this, but I think it's really good. Kind of how in the same way I say, take your kids to dinner when they're little. Don't always leave them at home so they're good at going to dinner. I feel like it's good for kids to be brave and you know, I want him to be adventurous and not be afraid of things, and that's exactly what it did. It seemed crazy, but it it's totally safe. And when you think about it, it's just drops. I mean, you'll definitely want to keep your little hand on them, and that big drop is a big drop, but it was so fun. Like, the joy and adventure for a four-year-old doing it, and when you're not doing the drops, all the little areas with the bunnies singing and all the different things are cool, and the music is kind of like old-school Disneyland was really, was really, really worth it. So yes, it is 1000% worth going with your kids at any age. Just plan to know you're gonna have the masks on all the time. You're gonna pack lots of waters and snacks. You're going to have the app loaded up before you go. So have your login all set and kind of have an idea. Ask everyone, what's your number one ride? Because if especially if you're doing both parks, most likely you're going to be able to go on anything you want, but you won't be able to go on everything. So plan that ahead of time. Know the height of your little one so that way you don't have that disappointment where you go up and they're crying because they're like, oh my God, I want. I thought we could go and we can't. 40 inches is kind of the sweet spot for most of the big rides, but there are some that are higher. We went on the coasters. We went on the Goofy Coaster. We went on the Incredicoaster. Toy Story is always a great, the the really cool, fun shooting one. Now, there are quite a few rides that are closed, so that's another thing. I'm all about managing disappointments. I do not want people to be disappointed, so kind of know the the rides ahead of time. You can look on the app and see which ones are going to be closed. I think there's about six and I'm surprised that they didn't do these renovations during COVID, um, but maybe people weren't able to work, maybe with the unions you couldn't work or um, maybe the city like, you know, didn't allow them. I'm not sure. But that new adventure land at uh, California Adventure opens pretty soon, which is going to be cool. When we were there, these are the ones that were closed for refurbishment, and it looks like they probably will be closed for a while based on walking by, Buzz Lightyear, Jungle Cruise, Matterhorn Bobsleds, Grizzly River Run, and the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. So those are all the ones that were closed for refurbishment, and everything else was open. So yeah, those three big ones at Disneyland, Buzz Lightyear, Jungle Cruise, and Matterhorn, um, was kind of a bummer. But again, there are so many options. It was fine. Um, uh, but it's just nice to know going into it so you don't have that disappointment. I'm all about managing everybody's expectations. But it was really cool. Like Toy Story, I've seen the line for Toy Story be two hours, and we just walked right through. The sign said twenty minutes, but we by the time we just kind of walked, it was probably like twelve minutes. Again, no food or drink in line at all at all. Super strict on it, masks on the whole time. So, Get your food, sit and eat and drink. Take your breaks and just know that you can't have it. I kept a little water bottle in my backpack um, just in case anyone needed like a little sip, and I would just have them sip, you know, from the bottom of their mask just to stay within the lines and not upset anybody. Um, just because it is hot, so dress cool. Maybe pack a sweatshirt for after, especially if you're going to do some of the water rides, but. Um, again, but that grizzly river run where you get the wettest was closed. So really it's just splash mountain. So you might want to pack a sweatshirt if they're going to get wet and cold, but really it's so hot during the day. We, I packed them and we didn't even need them, um, towards the end of the day. But I'm telling you plan to stay all day because it is too good to leave. Like when you're going on these rides over and over, we went on radiator Springs, the cars ride, which I think is my husband and my favorite ride, the fast cars ride at California adventure. That sign said 20 or 30 minutes, and it was like a fast 20 minutes. We did it twice in a row. Again, the height on that is 40 inches. Parker could go on that too, and he loved it to go on such a fast cars ride was just like life-changing. Now, they still are working out some kinks, Like we got in line for next to Radiator Springs. There's that other kind of cars ride. That's like the Luigi's it's kind of an Italian where the cars go in circles and we got in line for that. Then all of a sudden they're like it broke down. We need a mechanic things that you wouldn't really see at Disneyland. Also when we walked up the tractor ride which is Parker's favorite ride was closed and they said we're not sure if it's going to open probably later and then when we walked back by it was open. We walked right on that one. That one was fantastic. So just kind of know, you know, it's like anything that, you know, it's like a restaurant opening. There's going to be kinks. But one very interesting thing is every, in all the years I've been going to Disneyland, I don't think I've ever seen like managers, like actual managers who are kind of more dressed up, you know, like in the nice shoes with the full Disneyland uniform, but like a manager Disneyland uniform, they were everywhere everywhere. And they were on pulse. I'm telling you, like if you kind of needed something or if I was standing to get my mobile order, the kids wanted slushies to try to cool down. So I was in line. There was a manager that was like, hey, come into this window, get your mobile order. There were managers everywhere. You could tell that they were expecting this to be kind of a learning curve, especially first day. But I was like, where did all these managers come from? There were Disneyland managers everywhere, really helping things go smoothly. I'm telling you, Everyone was giving 110% to really give the best experience. We went on Star Trek, which was like, you know, kind of a cool old school one right there by Main Street. And everyone was really doing their best. Another thing they were super strict on besides the masks is the height of kits. So Parker got measured every single time, even if we went on the same ride four times, they would measure it every time. I think that's just part of their protocol. So they would measure him when you first walk into the ride, you know, when they have the height thing, then they would measure before, before you actually step onto the ride every single time. And listen, he thought he was like winning every time. So it was fine, but just know there's no sneaking it. Like if you're just below, it's not going to happen. Cause even if you sneak by the first person, they'll stop you before you get on the ride. So One of those things, just managing expectations and kind of knowing what to expect. There's no way around the mass and there's no way around the height. It was a very cool moment when we measured Parker at California Adventure. He stood back. And then he sl- when when the girl was measuring at his head, he slowly raised his tiptoes. Then she was like, feet down. He put him down. Then when she kind of raised back up to look at his head, he raised his feet up again. And <laughs> I was dying. I have no idea. He had to have seen the girls say this or do this. I was like, you guys, I swear to you, I did not tell him to do this because they were looking at me like, really? Like, come on. But he was so cute and so excited when they're like, you're tall enough. He was like, yes. It was like. A passage, a rite of passage, a moment of freedom. He was just so excited. So I'm telling you, it's worth it. I am going to go as many times as I can um, in the near future before the capacity goes up. And then I'll probably be Disneyland out and wait a while to go again. But it's just such a once in a lifetime experience. It's like the magic of Disney without the headaches of the crowds. You know, people aren't bumping into you or like, it's just incredible. It's just so magical. They have the music going, you know, there's bubbles around. It just all feels so cool. They're still doing the pictures, the, um, the photographers and you can get them on the app. I did like 1999 and you get all your photos for the day, which I'm telling you, that's one thing. I barely took photos. Um, because we were just having so much fun. I was like, I'm not going to stop and make everyone stand and smile. I mean, I did it a couple of times, but only when it was super convenient, we were walking somewhere anyways. And I was like, Hey, you know, to one of the little girls, we take a picture of our, you know, our fam, one of my girl's friends, or we, I take a picture of all of us, but I didn't do the thing where I stopped and I was like, let's go over here and all smile. No, I did not stop the fun. We just went. So we didn't even get that many pictures on the app, but no matter what you get the ride pictures and it's just so easy. You just when you're when you get out of the ride and you see your picture just take a picture of it because i found that it was hard to like link it at the moment and the picture goes away so quickly so just take a picture and then later on the ride home load it up on the app so you just enter in the photo and it loads up on your app you pay 19.99 for the entire day's worth of photos. So it's a better deal if you take more photos at more places, which we only got the ride photos just because I didn't stop outside the castle and all these things to get more photos, but it's so great. Then the high-resolution image downloads to your phone and you have all the photos. So that's a good deal and I recommend doing it. Also with the app, use the app, hit the map button and you can see what the wait time is at all the rides. So this is really nice. Like I was thinking, I was, I mean, the weight is so great everywhere that it wasn't that big of a thing, but I was like, oh my God, you guys, you know, the inside out rides only five minutes. Let's hit that next or the Incredicoaster. So use the app, hit the little map and scroll in and out. And you can see exactly how much of a weight each thing has. And you can kind of, cause it's, even though there's short weights, sometimes they're five minutes and the same ride could be 25 minutes a little bit later on especially as the capacity goes up a little bit. So use that app. And again, make sure you have it downloaded ahead of time so you're not clustering when you get there. And use the app to your advantage to kind of plan it out. As of right now, parades are closed. There are no light shows. There's no fireworks moment. I'm sure that will lighten up as the months go on. Um, But there's also no shows. There's no, um, like, especially California Adventure, we love little Disney Junior show. Those shows are not happening right now. Hopefully soon. But I'm telling you, pack lots of waters, plan to stay all day, talk to your family ahead of time about what they want to do, wear good walking shoes. Wear really good walking shoes because I'm telling you, you're going to walk 10 miles and you are going to love it. Um, plan for your mobile app to do the food if you eat really specifically, because again, only half of the restaurants are back open. So it's uh and the restaurants that are open, it's not like 20 options. It's like three adult options and three kid options. So I spent quite a while going through the app which you can do ahead of time. A lot of things on the app you can't view until you're actually in the park and it knows based on your location when you're in the park like signing up for the ride queue for Rise of the Resistance. But at home, you can look at the restaurants that are open and look at the menus. I spent quite a lot of time kind of because everyone wanted mac and cheese. So I was like, all right, mac and cheese, but then there's nothing my husband will eat there. So, you know, so look at that ahead of time because sometimes some places will be like, you know, chicken legs and mashed potatoes are, is the only adult option. Then here are the kid options. So you can save some time if you kind of look ahead of time, depending on how much of a planner you are. But um, that was one thing I kind of spent more time on than I would like. Um, as far as toys, we didn't do, uh, usually we do a gift at the end, but honestly we were just, I didn't really do pictures or gifts. We were just like, we are having fun. We're way on as many rides as we can. We're taking advantage of this. But if you do get, um, uh, something in the star Wars area, after you do the star Wars ride, they have make your own lightsabers that are so cool. And they're not that expensive. It was around $30. Parker made his own. The girls didn't. I just thought that would be a lot of lightsabers to hold. And I thought, honestly, that they would want to have something else on the way out. But we just ended up doing all the rides and have all the fun. And we did not get um, like a gift on the way out, which I feel like is good sometimes. You don't always need a souvenir. Um, But Parker really loved it. And it's very, very cool to put your own lightsaber together. So if you are going to do kind of a keepsake, I think that's a really good one to do. There is so much fun to be had at Disneyland, you guys. I'm telling you, as soon as you can go, book Disneyland. Disneyland post-COVID is so cool. And you know how with COVID, there are certain things that are more efficient? I think not waiting in line for the food, even though it's more limited and, you know, it's easier. It's There are so many things about this that make it easier. I love the the way that COVID has made us more you know rely on technology a little bit more to make things more efficient and there are definitely parts of Disneyland that this works with I'm telling you especially with looking at how long the lines are and getting in the getting in the mobile queue and ordering the food use tech to your advantage to make your day smooth and efficient Bring sunscreen, bring hats. I can't stress enough, especially as it gets more into the summer, it is hot there and it's not always breezy. So plan for that. Have everyone wear shorts, wear tank tops, sweatshirt if you think you'll need it, but hats and sunscreen are essential just because it is hot, but it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's all worth it. The masks are hot, but it is... It is Disneyland once in a lifetime, I'm telling you, to not have the crowds. And it's also more magical. Like when you're walking down Main Street, it's not like you're bobbing and weaving. It's just like you're enjoying the music. You can hear everything more. You, I just felt like we all soaked, aside from the lines, we all soaked in the magic of Disney so much just because there weren't so many people. It was just you. you could soak in and enjoy the experience to the next level. I love Disneyland. I think it is magical for adults and kids and it is the best family time together. I hope I gave you so many tips and I got you so excited for your trip to Disneyland post-COVID. Oh, it sounds so good to say. Let's keep it that way, fingers crossed. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy your time and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast.